Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. To another fun-filled episode of Color Me Dead. Uh, Always fun-filled and colorful. (laughs) Language, at least. Yes. Um, which is really funny because uh, a supervisor at work asked me um, what the name of my show was, and I was like, "You should never listen to it." <laughs> it was my response. <laughs> never, never, never. I was at. A- I was like, "I get paid to be um, an incredibly foul-mouthed, disgusting person with really bad jokes that are hilarious, but you should not actually say them." No, you should never say. But that they're amazing. Most of them are. Anyway. Anyway. This is Color Me Dead Podcast, episode 143. And before we dig in to the thick of it. Into the thick of it, and we're not talking about my ass. <laughs> Maybe we are. I we don't know. Be. It's very uh, thick. <laughs> you guys can find us on social media. We have Color Me Dead. We are at Color Me Dead Pod for Twitter. Color Me Dead Podcast for uh, Facebook as well as Instagram. You can follow me at Color Me Dead Angel or Gory underscore Nikki That's on Instagram. Uh, keep in mind, those are our personal accounts. So if you get on there all willy fucking nilly and find something you don't like, suck my dick. Uh, the other thing is, if you'd like to join us on our Facebook. <laughs> and good luck finding that. <laughs> to suck it. I, I keep it tucked neatly in my vagina. I'd fuck me. <laughs> uh that we have a face group, a Facebook. Wow, we're a face group book. <laughs> Maybe if you hard reset me, I'll speak properly. Where's uh, we, your buttons? We do. <laughs> Where's the reset? If you boot me on the nose and poke me in the asshole at the same time, I take a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> do you make the noise? <laughs> do you have that turned off? Uh, <clears throat> we have a Facebook group page. Uh, if you would like to join us there for fuckery most foul and all things, it's not just true crime. A um, lot of, let's just put it this way, it's kind of a free-for-all, and we wish you your best if you join. Yeah, and yeah, it's fun in there. I it's like a good it. time. Everybody gets to know each other, all the listeners get to bond, or usually don't fight because I don't like fighting, it makes me nervous. Um, so, if you hear weird noises... We're uh, a, apparently, we're, the we're, we're experiencing uh, hurricane-like wind. winds. We are in a different spot that we're not going to be in because I don't have the spot ready in this house yet. So it's a little bit less sound-proof. And uh, right now, you can probably hear the wind. You'll probably hear my children speak because I can't get them to shut up. I love them, but they don't shut up. <laughs> so the, just just a warning. We've got a spot coming in the basement soon. I just it doesn't have any walls. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to pick up some merch, you can do so at colormedead.threadless.com. I always forget the pod. Uh, you can pick up our merch at Threadless if you so desire. We have everything there from blankets to wearables to home decor. If you guys want to check us out and donate to our Patreon, you can do that at ageofradio.org slash colormedead. You can check out our sister shows, Shop the Bazaar, or if you just want to go to Patreon and make your donation there, we have slots from $1 to $75. It's Color Me Dead. No, it's not. It's patreon.com slash polarmedeadcontest. Holy shit. 
patreon.com slash color me dead podcast that was a good one wow if you guys want to send us things to our p.o box you can do that too p.o box 1610 vernal utah 84078 so let's start the episode today we are going to do the unexplained and the unsolved uh this is the missing 411 hunted this is actually a TV show. It's a, a series that I found on Amazon Prime, right? I work graveyards, got eight hours of, like, fiddle fuck time, right? Yeah. For all intents and purposes. Uh, are you fiddling and are you fucking? Or are you... I'm more fiddling, no fucking. No fucking? No, okay. dude, I work with juveniles. That's That would be weird, and then we would be talking about you. Yes, then we would be having a discussion about where to hang me. Um, so... I find, like, I'll get on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, right? And I'll start looking up certain shit. Or I'll get on, like, certain morbid websites and look Ugh. for things to talk about. Like, there's just, there's a ton of different things, right? Right. Um, so I find this TV show. And it's, like, The Unexplained and Unsolved. And it's talking about different murders and unsolved or, like, really sketchy, like, really sketchy circumstances. Like, I got sucked in fucking hard (laughs) so the the (laughs) that was a good one i just want you to know that that was a great the that was a good the what happens when people go missing nikki i mean who looks for them when can you report a person missing not until they're long fucking gone sorry right Um, And all of these depend on where you are, the age of the person, and the circumstances regarding their disappearance, okay? I didn't know this. Now, there are four exclusionary factors that eliminate a case from being investigated. I didn't know these existed. Mental illness, voluntary disappearance, criminal activity, and animal predation, meaning there were signs of an animal attack. So if we don't find you, but it looks like something got you, we're going to call it that and fucking be done. Oh, God. Right. So if you get attacked by an animal out in the in the woods, don't plan on somebody coming to look for you. It's, I mean, they're going to put forth effort to, you know, yeah, effort-ish. But if it looks like your camp was ravaged by a bear and they can't find you within X amount of miles of your fucking camp, they're done looking for you. Um, and the, I thought it was really interesting that mental illness was also on there. Yeah. But if a person, well, because I supposedly, if a person suffers from different mental illness disorders, they are then like, that falls under voluntary disappearance a little bit. Um, the other thing is, is they become a danger to themselves and others. And to so, and the way that it was described to me is that if you pursue somebody, with men, certain mental illnesses and they think that you're chasing them with the intent to harm them, then they become volatile mm-hmm. and can hurt other people, themselves, you, that kind of thing. That makes sense. So it kind of falls under a different thing. Um, obviously, if there's criminal activity and you go missing, you're like the low man on the scrotum pole for like the police to go and look for you. If it's a voluntary disappearance, obviously, they're not going to go look for you. Yeah. Kind of like that Mason kid. In St. George. I mean, people are looking that... Do you know who I'm talking about? Mm-mm. So this kid, like, left all of his shit at the house. He wrote a letter that his parents won't 
release to anybody. But this kid voluntarily left the house at 17, I think. Yeah, 17. Bailed, and nobody has seen him since. Oh. It's been many, many years. At this point, he's over the age of 18. There have been suspected sightings of this kid, but nothing concrete. But the police are like, we're done looking for him because the kid obviously left your house voluntarily. Interesting. That's horrifying. Don't let your children hear that. Right. They'll be like, oh, what? Nobody can look for me? Uh, motherfucker, I, I will find you. I Trust me. That bitch, that. I have fucking friends in low places. Actually, I have friends in higher places. I wish I would have known Jesus that. Christ. I would have been fucking gone. Right. Yeah. So... We are going to start this episode with a bit called The Crazies. The gentleman that went missing was Aaron Hedges. He was 38, and he went missing on September 5th, 2014. Usually when a person is found, a person is deceased, right? But never just, like, gone forever in the woods and never to be found again. So this took place in a place called Sweetgrass. It's known for its mining and its agriculture. Family farms that have been passed down from like the 1880s. Basically a born here, die here type of community. Motherfuckers were born here and we will fucking die here. Yes, it's kind of like will. being born into the Uinta Basin. If you leave, you're coming back. Oh, you will. It's it's like living on a boomerang. We both have done it. Oh, branch. Here we stay. And here we fucking die. Most people that move to Sweetgrass stay there. Like, they go there, they have kids, their kids stay, and that's how this community keeps growing or, you know, stays the same. You die, somebody else make a baby. We got to repopulate the earth. Try not to make it with your cousin. If they are your cousin, you have to go past the second cousin. And Just don't. Fine. Just don't. If the leaves fall off the same tree... Don't sow your seed there. I think there would be no people in this town if that was the case. Let's not get into that. <laughs> we live in bumfuck. You got a pretty mouth. Yeah. We're only first cousins. It's fine. It's not like she's my brother or my sister. God. Hello. That's that kind of day. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So Rebecca and Charlie Ryan are residents of the crazies. Um... And they talked about the type of wildlife in that area. There's black bears, no grizzlies, elk, deer, wolves. Um, Charlie did say that he has never seen a wolf, but he believes that grizzlies might also be in the territory as well. But it's not known. Just FYI, because I didn't say this, the crazies are in Montana. This is Sweetgrass, Montana. Okay. Sorry. Oh, look, it's right there later. I just... It's been a second since I wrote this. The crazies are in Montana. They are on what is called a geological upthrust that are 300 million years younger than the Rocky Mountains. Interesting, huh? Wow. I didn't know that. That's crazy. So there's, they, these are not a part of the Rockies and they make them like, they're basically an isolated, an isolated. I want. <laughs> I like those. I isolated. Like, it's like diluted. Yep, it's and isolated yep. all at the same time. Sorry, this isolated. is going to be a good time editing for you. It's I apologize. Always a, it's always a party. It's an it's an isolated island of mountains, so it's not connected to any. It's not the Sierra Nevada. It's not the Wasatch. It's not 
you know. It's just an upthrust. It's an upthrust of baby mountains that makes them their own little island. I thought that was really cool. It is said by the natives of this Montana location that no matter where you are in the crazies, if you follow the water downstream, you're going to be somewhere soon. Like, the water only runs one way downhill because of the way the geological upthrust is. So if you follow it downhill, you're going to find your way out. Everybody knows this. All right. Right. So they're the youngest mountain range in the country, extremely rugged, having terrain unlike any other mountain range. I really kind of want to go in there. Yeah. But let me tell you why we're not going to. Yeah. I'm, this is why I'm never going to go into this place, but I would I really want to see it because I kind of feel like our mountains are pretty fucking rugged. Like, you yeah. get out into the book cliffs and shit. Like, so there's several ways that the crazies got their name. Several stories. One of them is that the land was cursed by the Crow Indians and it used to be a reservation. When they were removed from their lands, they cursed it for the wind to blow and drive the white man crazy. Now, I'm friends with enough natives that I take that shit very serious. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... I feel like I'm not fucking going in there. Aaron was in the crazy mountains in Sweetgrass County, Montana, when he went missing. He had gone into the mountains September 3rd, 2014, for elk hunting with a few of his friends in the area known as Cottonwood Bench. The men drove up to a point where they had to park and then they had they had to pack in on horses. So I have no doubt that wherever they were going was, in fact, pretty fucking rugged. Like, if you have to pack in on horseback yeah. or, like, on mule... That shit's insane. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty gnarly. Um, they, so they packed in two horses and a mule. They loaded their gear and headed for a place called Campfire Lake where they were going to set up and they were supposed to be there for a week long. Now, Aaron supposedly walked, like walked in. So they had animals loaded. He was on foot. Um... What the search and rescue was told is that all three hunters were on a trailhead going to the camp. On the way there, they had the mule spook and start bucking and threw a shit ton of their gear, including all of Aaron's camp gear. Rude. I know. I'd have fucking kicked that thing. Fucking mules. I'd have kicked its ass up in betwixt its ears. (laughs) But Um, it's all ass. All ass. Huh? Huh? You're so stupid. <laughs> Dad jokes are rolling. But it was all of Aaron's shit. Well, that that was about halfway to their base camp at Campfire Lake. So from where they dropped off and left their vehicles in the horse trailers to where the camp was, they're now halfway. Aaron and his friends had skipped an entire paragraph. Yes, so, they did. Aaron was described as a man who had good common sense. He wasn't a dummy, as his friend Chris Bates said. Aaron was said to have been in those mountains every other weekend his entire life. He had stashes of supplies, caches, camps. I mean, he knew this place like the back back of his hand. And, and especially, like, if you have caches up there where you've put food, clothing, gear. Like, you know the mother. Like, you know the area. Right. It's kind of, it's kind of like uh, 
Red Cloud Loop. I think everybody's got a little something stashed up on Red Cloud. <laughs> so if anybody, like if you're lost up there, don't panic. Just, Just start look, digging. Yeah, look for obvious signs of like irritation to the ground. We've been up there storing shit. You'll yeah. find something, You'll find I promise. Some, a little sun to eat, a warm <laughs> yeah. jacket, maybe a little protection from the for real. sun. I you're going to get some gloves, some like Blistex, some oysters, and like some warm socks, dude. Like it, for real. You'll find yeah. some shit up there. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, so he he had things up there. He had he'd known known the area. Aaron and his friends had been at their location, Campfire Lake, for two days when they decided to hit a private a private cache that belonged to one of the one of the men that were with them, located at Sunlight Lake, which was directly above them on September 5th, 2014, Aaron set out on foot to go get the supplies that he needed for the rest of his trip, um, since the mule kicked his shit down a fucking ravine. Asshole. I know. Dude, and before anybody that doesn't live in the fucking mountains says something like, why not just go get your shit? You can't. You can if you have, like, four extra fucking days repelling equipment and, like... All the things, you know, to get down a fucking ravine and fish your shit out. Or if you plan on just staying there. Or, yeah, because, like, once you get in the ravine, good luck getting the fuck out. Yeah. You can stay there forever with your camping gear. Hopefully you packed enough shit or your friends will come and replenish you. Just slingshot shit down the fucking ravine for you. So going down and fishing your shit, like, you, first, first and foremost, for those that don't hunt and don't know, you don't hunt in your ravines. No, because they can fall in there, and then you have to try to get them out. Been there. Done not that. me. I did not. My, but my someone that I was with is my stepdad. <laughs> he done it. He did it. That's how I know. And it is like a you've ruined your like you've ruined your meat essentially. Um, if there's anything salvageable after your animal has fallen into a ravine, you're lucky. And if there is, then you got to get the fucking body out. Right. And that's what he did. It wasn't like where it fell into somewhere we couldn't get it out. We felt it fell into somewhere where it was a fucking bitch to get it out. You had to quarter that shit to get it out. Everybody's packing shit on their backs. Oh, God. Fuck that. Fuck that. That sucks. And I was like eight with a quarter. <laughs> with a fucking hind leg strapped to your back. God damn it, dude. That sounds like some shit like, listen, I know it'll keep you warm because the meat's still like steamy God, and shit. I can't. So you like. You throw it on your back and you're like, oh, actually, yeah, you're right. Go ahead and throw, like, some flank steaks on the back right, right. here. Keep me warm. I can't tell you how many times we've gone hunting and it was so cold that I just stuck my hands in. Or, like, do you need me to hold the liver? I'll yeah, hold it I'll As do you're it. shivering, holding the warm-ass liver. I know. Yeah, I've been there. And we're not savages. Like, we literally, like, hunt to eat. So it's not, like, trophy shit. No, but, if we're volunteering to pack meat out on our back, we fat. Yeah. This we is when eat. I was younger, and this is what we ate growing up. Like, we really did eat everything that we hunted. So, do know. Anyway. Uh, so, apparently his homies had been helping him out, you know, the first couple of days that they were there. And then he needed to get some shit. I mean, he obviously you can't live off your homies if they brought what they needed to survive for a week. Aaron is going to make a quick hike there and back. So listen, Mm. like, let me let me give you all a little piece of advice. Stop going into the fucking woods all willy nilly and separating from your friends. Okay, like I want this to be like a buddy system. I don't care how well you know a place. 
Because, dude, you could slip, fall, knock yourself unconscious, and sit there bleeding with, like, a bone hanging out of you. And where are your homies? Like, you gotta, you gotta travel in packs, dude. Safety in numbers. Um, herd mentality only when you're in the woods. Like, I'm not victim shaming anybody. It gives me fucking anxiety, dude. Like, I mother people. Like, watch, Let me mother you before you disappear in the woods. Make sure you watch, uh, what's that survivor show that my son watches? And Joe always says, don't go by yourself. Don't ever go off by yourself. I've learned, uh, I, thankfully, I, I didn't get hurt or anything serious happened to me. But I have gone out into the fucking, up into the hills by myself. And I did get lost. And then one time I actually did get to a point that I thought I was being stalked by a cougar. Like I saw it. Oh, God. Yeah, that fucked me up. I was up in the book cliffs. Um, I saw it and I bounced and I had Fat Guy with me. But I think it was stalking me because Fat Guy, like normally he walks in front of me and he wouldn't. He would like stop and like circle me and then like start growling and barking and shit. So I think that thing was like close and I got back to yeah dude I got back to my fucking car and got situated and settled in and I decided that'd be the last time I went unarmed for sure but alone yeah Yeah, I don't like that so later that day on the 5th okay Aaron's buddy reached out to him via radio the radio that they're using is called a Garmin Rhino and it's got an LED screen that shows the person like where they are like who you're speaking to so you can repeatedly share location to each other while you're speaking during the time that they were speaking and this was happening it would show Aaron like way the fuck up on the edge like on the main sweet grass trail which is several miles from the cache and the base camp like so let me let me word it to you this way if base camp is San Diego Okay, where he needs to go is L.A. Where he is is like Las Vegas. That's what it would look like on this screen. Just a little bit off. You're way off course, homie. Well, um. Take three steps to the right. Yeah, I'm going to need you to go this way. So the, the, the location that Aaron was was incredibly confusing. Um, and after his disappearance, there's two factors that make it even more so. Even if Aaron had become disoriented or lost, he was near a creek. And as I had mentioned before, the water runs one way in these mountains. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you were to follow it downhill, there's obviously other forks in the roads um, signifying in the way to travel. It wouldn't have made sense that an experienced woodman, woodsman like just ignored both of them and decided to travel fucking. All right. I see where you're going with this story and I don't like it. <laughs> Yeah. That makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah, the show kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies. Yep, I don't like it. There's several stories that give me the heebie-jeebies, and I don't, don't know how to feel about it because some of them are close enough I could go investigate the shit myself, so if I so desire to do so. But I don't know if I want to go in there because what if I don't come out? Nobody will come looking for you. No, because it'll be like she was mentally ill and she probably voluntarily went up there to turn into the little swamp bitch she is. She was actually out there <laughs> trying to tame her friends. Oh uh, my God. Like, wild friends you know what? Out there. Like a fucking wolf finally carried her off and made her the den mother of all. And yes, she did name it George. <laughs> and I'm up there like Caesar Milaning these fucking. Shh. Hey, shh. 
Quit. You don't get to eat ah. until you sit. Wait, you wait when I tell you to eat. No touch, no talk, no contact. As there's like a rabbit jumping by, you're like, nope. <laughs> don't touch. No. Wait. Take go. Wait. <laughs> Take <Get> it. it. <laughs> so, Aaron is, you know, obviously not a dummy. Keep in mind that the temperatures would have been warm, right? And the ground would have been dry at this point. It's September. It's getting into, obviously, the winds howling. We're looking more and more like winter. And we are in September. So we know what it's like. We know what it's getting. Yeah. Getting to. It's a decent temperature, usually. Like, right. nothing too extreme. Well, it wasn't until the next day that his hunting buddies that accompanied him there realized that he was actually missing. Um or that he hadn't made it back to base camp. Well, they are hunting, okay? He did go up there with with weaponry, with rifle. So the guys were like, "Well, fuck, he might have like hit that cache and like be on the be on the trail of something." Right. You know what I mean? So at that point, they were like, "Eh," and they didn't really become really worried until about uh maybe 18 hours later, like a dayish. Still, they looked for him about um about a day after that before contacting help. So it was like, uh, he didn't make it back to base camp. Maybe he's hunting. Um, it's been about 18 hours. Let's go look for him. They went and looked for him. And then on the 7th of September, they were like, oh, fuck, we need some help. So what happened was that Monday, a storm started to descend into the crazies. Wind, snow. I mean, it's blowing furiously. 12 hours. They had 24 inches of fresh snow in 12 hours. We have definitely seen worse. But that's a that's that's two two to three feet depending on where you are in September. In September, we just um, had snow the other day though, so it's, it's not like we did. Yeah, a little. Yeah, not very much. Enough that it coated my backyard. Did it really? Yeah. Oh shit! It was all white. The trampoline had quite a bit on it too. Really? Mm-hmm. Damn! It didn't snow on my side. Well, well, shit. Huh? Apparently, it was just us. Got an Eeyore cloud up in this bitch. I guess. <laughs> Snoked on you. So the temps, I mean, you've got about two to three feet of, of wet, fresh snow. The temperatures were in the 40s and 50s and then dropped down into the low teens. Um, if you're if it's snowing on you and it's in the 40s and 50s, as long as you don't get wet, like stay wet, you're okay. But when you drop down into the teens and you're wet and you're trudging through the wet, you're going to die. Yeah. Well... That's when his buddies were like, fuck, we got to get out of here and we got to go get some help. So the police were notified by 9 p.m. And then they phone called some friends. The police advised that the Park County had to be notified because where Campfire Lake is, is their jurisdiction. So the guys went back to Sweet um, Grass and they were like, shit, we got to call these guys. Alan Ronneberg was the undersheriff of Sweetgrass County. He is still the search and rescue coordinator that has been for... Um, 24 years, he's been in the area his entire 52. Damn. Alan Ronneberg is the undersheriff, and he's going in, right, um, with the search and rescue to help find Aaron Hedges. Alan dropped two dog teams by helicopter at the top of the mountains. So the way that these mountains are, they're so steep, steep, and the terrain is so rough that they figured instead of have the dogs Go and everybody up. fight up, we're going to drop you and you guys can work your way down. They would be tired if they went from the bottom to the top. And then all the way down again? Yeah. Jesus. No. Yeah, no thanks. The other thing is, um, so 
One of the canine handlers and her German Shepherd dog found a pair of boots. These boots did, in fact, belong to Aaron Hedges. They were found on the second full day of searching. Search efforts were difficult due to the boulder clusters and the loose rock that covers the crazies. These sharp and loose rock can unfoot even the most skilled hikers. Immediately following where Aaron's boots were, there was a scree pile, which is like a massive amount of these small, broken, loose rocks. And they cover all of the mountain slopes. If Aaron had no footwear whatsoever on, he would have torn his feet up tremendously. Um, and following that is a nice big fat fall into a creek ravine. You know, not, not super deep ravine, but it, it is a nice big fat fall to a fucking rocky creek. Search and rescue went with three different teams into the area to search three different times to scour the area around the boots. I believe the idea was that perhaps one team had missed something, so they would bring in another and bring in fresh dogs. So there were three different teams, three different times. The boots seemed to have been purposefully set one right next to the other near where the bladder to a camelback was found. If you're unfamiliar what a camelback is, it's a backpack that is lined with like a plastic or rubber material you have a little hose off your back that's how you like instead of carrying a water bottle or a canteen you have an entire backpack full of water and following the boots was a big pile of like loose scree rock like the sharp stabby fuck your feet up rock i don't like it yep and so then search and rescue sent three dog teams three search and rescue teams in there three different times to look around this area with the boots where they were found it was said that the boots were purpose, purpose, whoa, purposefully, superfluously. That has an F in it now. <laughs> purposely, purposely. <laughs> so the boots were purposefully set one next to the other, and they were found near the bladder from a camelback. Um, just off the trail was a fire pit. In the fire pit was a partially burned cigarette pack that was known to be Aaron's brand of smokes. There was a partially burned fire bundle and the waist straps to his back. Okay. Backpack. So the ones that buckle right here that keep your back, Mm -hmm. your your pack from sliding had been cut off. When discussing why Aaron would cut off his waist straps, it was said that somebody said that they had insulation on them and they, they used, could be used to cover his hands. Okay. The other thing was that... There's not really a real reason you would remove those straps. No. There really isn't. There's not. Um, and not use them. Like, he cut them off and left them to the side of the trailhead. Yeah, that's... Fucking- that's even dumber. Like, if you... This is really confusing to the searchers, because they had been up there a few days prior and had not spotted those other items. This is oh, where shit God. starts to get really... It does. It gets really fucking weird. And I'm like, what the shit? Oh, I don't like that. So they had gone up there. They had looked around. They had not spotted those items. Same people, same spot. They did not see the boots, the fire pit, the straps, nothing. These rescuers, by the way, are Sartek 2 rated by Nasser. These people are good at their jobs. They don't even know how they could have missed these things. They have fucking dogs, dude. Because they weren't, they ain't there. Because they don't think they were there. Mm -mm. Now, all signs are starting to point to a hypothermia case. The search is narrowed to the sides of the creek. Usually when people start to leave their shit behind, they're becoming hypothermic. They're getting weird. They're getting weary. They're getting sleepy. 
And now, you know, yeah, you're not going to, you're going to do some shit that doesn't make sense. And that's what it is. And that's the end of let's stop and move on. Okay. We're done. Okay. So he just uh, got really cold and he went in the river and they have like, and then he died. Bones many years later and we're, we're done. Oh no. It gets fucking weirder. Fuck. So much weirder. <laughs> just so you know. And you're talking about it in my room. I know. Where it's going to bring the, it's going to bring the skinwalkers to your house. God, they're not very far. No, they really just are not. How far is that from here? 15? Uh, about 15 miles. Yeah. Because I just, like, I just moved even, about five, like, six even miles up, closer. Yeah, I was going to say, like, even, even up and over on that, just that draw right there is some weird things. So, eh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm close to all the weirdness. Yeah. And, so, and the cemetery that has the glowing ghost. Even when I was a big chicken, that still didn't scare me. Cubby's in there. Yes. My dad's in there. Really? Mm-hmm. Aw. I drove past it a couple times. Mm-hmm. I need to go up there and see if my dad's headstone is set. <clears throat> anyway. Um, so they're like, okay, it's hypothermic. He's leaving his shit. He's doing odd things. And one would assume that if hypothermia was setting in, they're not getting very far, right? By the time your body temperature drops that low, like that low, you think you're getting cold and sleepy or actually getting cold and dead. And they um, probably think they're going to find him just sitting there like, like, Jack. chilling. Yeah. Like, like. <laughs> yeah like at the end of the shining just yeah. like uh-huh. an icicle right with a crazy face with the crazy uh-huh. face well <clears throat> the entire east slope had been gone over with canines as well and no dog ever hit on anything like they had multiple dogs out there that are trained specifically for this didn't hit on anything the formal search for Aaron ended on 9-22-2014. 60 ground searchers, 20 canines, two helicopters. Nobody fucking found him. Okay? Everybody, everybody fails. You all A fail. for effort, but you fucking failed. You didn't find him. All y'all, motherfuckers. All y'all, motherfuckers. Motherfuckers? Did you afford it? <laughs> so june 22nd 2015 nine months after aaron disappears charlie ryan was out maintaining his fences on the ridge of his property and finds aaron's backpack his hunting vest and other belongings just on the fence line there was food in the pack as well as his hunting license the backpack was set up against a tree also like with intent not just plopped or like fell or dropped aaron's bow was also set alongside the backpack and there was a firearm in his pack what the fuck? Nine months later. Right. Oh, God. But close enough that if you were standing there to put your shit there, you could have looked down the way and seen the Rhine property. Like, he would have seen that there was civilization. He could have gone there. Without his pack and his boots and all the shit. So, <clears throat> another interesting facet to this story is that at the top of the railhead where the search and, uh, search and rescue efforts started, they found a silver thermos with the lid off and the like an energy drink in it next to the... So here's a rock, okay? On top of the rock is a thermos and a little, the thermos lid full of... Almost like he was sitting there enjoying a cup of tea. But it was an energy drink. Yeesh. Um, well, they found that particularly odd that... You know, Aaron just sat there all cozy. From that spot, you would have been able to see all of the Rhine family buildings on their ranch. Like, from where his backpack was to where his thermos was, you were within walking distance of help. Help. Well, at this point, 
this is so long after Aaron's disappearance that the pack and the bow are, they're only like evidence recovery at this point. Mm-hmm. There's not an active search and rescue. It, it's all it is, is we found more of his shit. They didn't go look for a body and it would have been another year, 8-6-2016 before something else happened. And this is 23 months after Aaron has initially gone missing. Near a dude ranch called the Sweetgrass Ranch, where they do dude rides with the guests and they do a string, like, you know how they do, like, the string ride with people? Okay. They're going through this string ride with these guests and one of the riders, they, like, sum it up onto a little bench, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the riders is like, uh, that's a skull. And, of course, you know, the person that's leading the the dudes, the string ride, whatever, is like, oh, yeah, you'll see wildlife skulls, you know, shit dies, circle of life. He's like, no, that one's fucking human. That's from a people. That's a people. That is no cow. That's Correct. people. And the fucked up thing is, it was a human skull under a tree. It stood out plain as day, and it stood out really, really brightly. Like... I don't know how to explain this, but, like, human skull, brighter than fresh snow under this tree. Like, has it, like, it's been bleached, like, when they do that to... I don't know. Because it had been picked clean, naturally, and it had been sitting out in the sun. So it bleaches naturally. Yeah, so, I mean, eh, I don't know. I could probably explain away my feelings about this, logically. But I feel like... I feel like it was placed there. Yeah. Because where's the rest of the body? Well, I'm going to tell you. No, I don't want to know. The search and rescue recovery team were sent out again, and they recover a femur, a pelvis, the skull, all located not far from the backpack. No shit. The femur and the pelvis were found on a cow trail and they were partially buried. Aaron's cell phone and a jacket were also located nearby. The undersheriff couldn't remember if Aaron's pants were found, but there were no socks because they never recovered his feet. And these were all places they searched. Right. Before. Right. So they had been in the area where, like, his everything, so... (laughs) Uh, the way that you're looking at me makes it really difficult to speak. I don't like it. Because you're very, like, you're you're really thinking about I'm it. I'm trying to just make it logical so it's not creepy. I'm like, well, he went and hid. And he didn't want to be found because he had a fucking crazy wife at home. And he thought that being out there was better than being at home. That's what that's all it was. And then he died. And then he died. So there were never any feet found. None of the recovered bones were broken. There was never a cause of death determined for Aaron. Aaron's remains were 11 miles from his last seen location. Okay, so the last time people saw him, and they were six miles from his boots. Hmm. So the thing that really kind of fucks me up about this is that they didn't recover all of his pieces, right? If he'd been attacked by an animal, you'd see two marks. Okay, there would be marks in your bones, obviously, where something had picked the flesh. And that would indicate animal attack, except they don't have a cause of death for him. They don't even have, like, marks to say, oh, yeah, something chewed on your bones. But they couldn't even say that that was his cause of death, because if he died of hypothermia and then animals picked it, the carcass later, you you couldn't without, like, with certainty say that that's how he died. But there wasn't even that. 
So. Huh. At, <clears throat> I don't like it. So what you're going to find a theme, right? In these disappearances and such. There's a point of separation, a time of disappearance. There's usually like a weather event. Dogs can't track you. And there's an unknown cause of death. Because you're just bones is Because at this point, you're just fucking dead. Like, your remains are found. They can't investigate, like, the condition of, condition of your tissue or your blood or, you know, condition any of that. Condition of your tissue? What did I say? You said it right, but oh. it just... It, it condition my of my tissue? The one thing is he had missing clothing items as well. And very similar to others that we're going to talk about. Um, had missing things that were never recovered. Aaron should have seen the creek. So he had water. There would have been a lighter in his possession because we found the burn pit and the burn bundles. And also he was a smoker. And one thing you will know about a smoker is we won't be caught dead without at least 15 lighters in our fucking pack. Especially if you're going out of town for a, we have a carton of smokes. Yeah. You have enough to last you at least three weeks. If you're going out of town for a week. Yeah. You don't want to run out of those motherfuckers if you're out in the woods. No, you really just don't. So I know that he had a lighter. We know that he burned things. He had a firearm. For those of you that might be unfamiliar with like hunter safety or like being out in the woods, um, you can fire three shots into the air. Just pow, pow, pow. And that's a signal for help. It's kind of like an SOS. He had food so he could have eaten. And there are two pieces of Aaron Hedge- Hedge's cases. Um fuck words there are two pieces of aaron hedge's case that deserve some thought one why did he change course so drastically from base camp when he was going to the cache like if you are here and you need to go directly fucking north why the shit are you going east with a gps he yeah he has a gps yeah. so he knows where he well, any like, did homeboy grew up there? Like, even if he didn't have GPS, he knew what the fuck he was doing. That's like taking me, for real, take me to Roosevelt and take me out to Ballard. I know that motherfucker like the back of my hand. Like, I'm sure he had uh, on the fancy ass GPSs you can mark a spot. Oh, sure, like so drop I'm a sure, pin. Yeah, I'm sure he had all of his caches marked, so he could have gone straight to it. And it's, and that's the thing is this is 2014. So we had the technology, Mm -hmm. like it was there, it was here, you know, um, number two. Okay. Um, and, and I don't know, it just really bothers me because he had two full days of like good weather. Yeah. So even if he had like run into a bear or like somehow gotten off course, like you had two days to go directly North and right back down South to your camp. Anyway, number two, the fact that his body was found six miles from where he ditched his boot in, like, if we're doing this under the hypothermia theory, somehow, while hypothermic, he carried his pack, a bow, a thermos, a cell phone, a jacket, while barefooted and dying in two to three feet of fucking fresh snow. But he had socks on, so. So then he gets up on a rock overlooking actual fucking safety, has a cup of fucking... Red Bull sets his shit up and then goes and dies. 11 miles from base camp. Also, 
just I'm going to wrap this up with a, a fun little fuck you to all of you. None of the info from his cell phone was ever recovered. Um, it was not recoverable. The events that led to his death will remain a mystery. Like they can't. Yeah. They couldn't no recover video, sound, nothing. And it wasn't in the cloud. I wonder if it was an iPhone. But how would it be able to save to the cloud if you're out in the middle of BFE with no fucking service? Probably not. Probably not. So nobody ever knows if he tried to call or if he tried to text or if he recorded any last anythings because his phone was, for all intents and purposes, it was trash. Okay, now we're going to Vanished in New York. Yeesh. Tom Messick. Yes. Disappeared November 15th, 2015 in Horicon. Is that how you say it? I know that this is going to get uh, yeah, corrected. It's, it's from what? Horicon. Warren County, Lake George, Wild Forest, New York. Yeah, they had to give me, like, when I when I was trying to gather the info for this, I wanted to be as specific as possible because they seem to be very situated on how this is worded. Okay. But the body was never located. No. Weird. Why would it be? In the fall of 2015, Thomas Messick Sr., age 82, walked into the woods of Brant Lake to hunt and was never seen again. Messick lived in Troy and was out that Sunday with a group of six friends and family members who were hunting near Lily Pond in an area of the state that is part of the Lake George Wild Forest. The older members of the group, four of them, were watchers. In a static position, sat on a log or a similar comfortable spot, and were in a near vertical line. Whilst the youngster hunters used the path around the lake to drive the deer to the watchers as part of the drive. If you were actually hunting, that's very illegal. It is. <laughs> it- Never done it. <laughs> Who chases their prey to the shooters? Since the mid-1880s, Brant Lake has been a popular fishing and hunting area among wealthy visitors, including Theodore Roosevelt. Brant Lake Camp was incorporated by R.B. Gerstensag. And I wanted to make G- that way. J-E, like they all have names that would be difficult to right? say normally. J.E. Eberly. John F. Malloy. We can, I can say that one. I wanted to make the Gersten one really German. Like a Gerken. Gerstenzang. Gerstenzang. Tom was supposed to stay in one spot as members of the group walked through the woods to push deer toward him. But when they arrived at the location where he was supposed to be, he was gone. Without a trace of him or his belongings. No sign of any deer were found that day. He was wearing duck boots, camouflage pants and coat, gloves, and red, a red and black checkered hat that he'd worn for decades. Like, like probably like an Ed Gein hat, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He carried a rifle and walkie-talkie. Tom served in the U.S. Army as a paratrooper with the 82nd Airborne Division. He was 5 feet 10 inches tall and weighed approximately 160 pounds. He was an experienced hunter and woodsman and taught hunter and survival training for many years. He had a history of heart problems and lost an eye in an accident with an explosive device in his early 20s. So he had poor vision and limited hearing as well as 159 stitches in his hand. 
He had also just gotten over a case of shingles. God damn it. Uh, yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> that makes me cringe. I've never had it, but I've seen people who have had it, and I my just mom makes me had it, die. Dude. She basically, my mom, like, you couldn't touch her. And she was like, everything, everything, my clothes hurt. The sheet hurts. You know how people usually get it along their back-ish? My Aunt Elaine got it on her neck. Oh, God. It was You know awful. that we're both fucking susceptible to it because I we've know. had fucking chicken pox. I don't want to say that out loud. Not at all. Um, he nearly decided not to go on this annual hunting trip, probably because of the shingles. Um, after 55 years of hunting with long, longtime friends, also senior men at the Messick Hunting Camp in Hague, they decided to try a Horicon property for the first time. I know I'm saying that wrong, so you all can cuss me into, into your cars or whatever you're doing right now. Sorry. He was last seen at 10 a.m. when Messick did not show up at the agreed-upon time. His friends called the forest rangers and they searched from 4... Searched from 4.30 p.m. It got dark around 7 p.m. And at that point, half the group stayed and fired their rifles and honked car horns to attract Tom to the area. The rest of the men left the scene and reported him missing to family and other and the authorities. On November 16th, the search was started with 13 trained SAR professionals from the Park Service. It was well organized from the start and it had started quickly following the time that Tom went missing. A huge search over several weeks involving more than 300 professionals and volunteers on some days assisted by dogs. Professionals. 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 Uh, not just volunteers is what they're saying. Yes. It's not like, oh, look, there's something. Do you want, should we go help? Look. It's one thing. It's like, don't get me wrong. Volunteers are great people. But you are not trained to no. look for. No, these are 300 professionals. Professionals. They were assisted by dogs, divers, and several helicopters, and they found no clue, no clues, Jesus Christ, including no sign of his <laughs> rifle. More than four square miles were searched, with a larger area being searched by air with the aid of helicopter from the state police aviation unit. More than 15 agencies were involved, including the DEC Forest Rangers, the DEC canine unit, or police canine unit, DEC police officers, FBI quick response team, a state police special operations response team, and the Warren County Sheriff's Office tactical team, and volunteers from the New York State Federation of Search and Rescue Teams. They did not fuck around with this search. No, they actually deployed, I, like, dude, whoever loved this man, loved him fierce and knew some people because they had help this is it calling all units <laughs> yeah dude for real like on the cartoon calling all units mm -hmm. the weather was poor with heavy rain but sniffer dogs were deployed before the before the worst of the rain arrived searchers walked through the woods no matter how thick they were including swamps and checked nearby roads but there was absolutely nothing areas were tied off with string to box off specific area to allow the detailed search of every grid zone it was described as a spider webs of string in the forest. Forest. Called bump lines. Bump lines. Wow. I've heard that <laughs> word before, but it was totally different. In, in lines, I mean, maybe a grid. Maybe it looks like a spider web. Whatever you're feeling like that day. I don't know. Give me a bump. <laughs> a bump line? Give me a bump line. 
Given his age, searchers were baffled, as he could not have got far from his original location, and some said it was weird that there were no sounds of wildlife. The search area has many caves, crevices, and other hazards. The FBI arrived on the fourth day, which was November 19th. This was unusual, as the FBI never got involved in these type of searches. Investigators have said that there have been no indications of foul play. David Winchell, a spokesman for the DEC, said rangers continued to search the area on the limited continu- uh, on a limited continuous basis since a wide-scale ground search ended in January of 2016. That means rangers checked the area periodically for evidence or clues. The investigation into Messick's disappearance is still classified as an active missing person case by authorities. Tom's wife, Beverly, said the FBI told me something isn't right with this case, but they don't know what. They won't share any theories that they have, if they have them. The FBI said, um, until they make a discovery, they're never going to know. He'd been in the woods since he was a boy, and if he got lost, he would have cut pieces of his jacket and tied it to a tree and done other things he learned. His wife said her greatest fear was that he was the victim of foul play. The only thing I can think of is that maybe someone came by in a quad and hurt him, got scared, and drove drove him out of there. I keep praying they'll find him so that we have some closure. I keep worrying about uh, worrying that I didn't tell him I loved him the last day I saw him alive. Oh, this is why you always say you love them, even if you're mad. Mm-hmm. My mom used to make fun of me for that. With Clint, I'd be pissed off. I'd be like, love you too. Bye. <laughs> I do it. I, was straight I do it too. Love, love you. Love you. Bye. Yeah. Fuck. At least I told you I love you and I really mean it even though I want to kill you right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I want to murder you. A little bit. But at least I know I said I love you. In the summer of 2018, state police used sniffer dogs trained to detect cadavers to go through portions of the woods and fields where Messick disappeared. State police investigator John Dayette said no clues were found, but the police investigation was ongoing. In the show Missing 411 Hunted, one of the group was interviewed. Were they interviewed? They were interviewed. interviewed. It's different than being interviewed. I heard a strange noise in the woods, but I don't know what it was. Just a different noise from what I usually hear, you know? It's like talking to one of my kids. Like what? It'd be hard to explain because it was different. Just something different that I've never heard before in the woods. I just can't say what it was, you know? Also, just like talking to my children. Same answer with different words. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, when he's like, you know, it was like, it was just like a sound. Like, uh, like there's no describing it. Like a like an electrical zap, but it wasn't. Which I feel like I know what he. I've, I've been there trying to explain something. You're like, I don't know. It was just different. That was different. That was different. I don't know how to describe it to you. It Here, let me do my best while I tell you all the words from my bum fuck. You got a pretty mouth location. That's different. It reminds, <laughs> me, it reminds me of that movie with Steve Zahn. Um, the joyride. But he's like, oh, it my. was like a. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so this reminds me of. <laughs> anyway, they asked, how long in duration was it? Was it two or three seconds? He says, no, it's just whatever it is, you know. 
that's how he described it. Like I literally verbatim wrote down how he described it. So they ask, how far away was it? He says, I, he, yeah. Okay. I'd say it was probably 150 yards, something like that. Was it toward Tom or away from Tom? This was up towards the hill, the top of the hill. Yeah. Did you tell the cops this? Yeah, I told them, but they just passed it off, you know? Tom's disappearance is yet another really strange case. He was old but an experienced backwoodsman, a tough guy, and not one to wander off in the woods when on a hunt. He had a rifle and a walkie-talkie, and no signs of them has been found despite a massive search of the area, including all the inaccessible parts, including water and caves. So a big search that locals thought someone important like a politician was involved, (laughs) sniffer dogs, nor FLIR-equipped helicopters, or F-L-I-R, however you want to say it, but I wanted to shorten it to FLIR. FLIR! FLIR! Were able to find any trace. Was he snatched from Lake George Wild Forest by a serial killer or something else? Why was the FBI involved in this case? Why was the FBI involved? That's what I've been wondering. That's the thing is like, why are the fuck, like everybody else in this, like in this episode did not get the man hours logged in their search the way that this guy did. So, like, this, like, homeboy was fucking important. They had to think that something was, something more was involved. And maybe it will come out 20 years from now. That Probably. he was the victim of some crazy motherfucker that we don't know about yet that's still on the loose. Watch out, New York. <laughs> New York's fucked up anyway. Don't go there. Well, I'm just saying. We, we love you, Robin, but we're not going there. It's your story now. It's your story. It is my story. It's the last one. This one actually took place. Oh, and before I fucking forget, um, there was actually, so right around the same time that that shit was happening with Aaron Hedges, another fucking person on the other side of the mountains also went missing. I haven't like dug too deep into that, but I like brought up the crazies was talking to a friend of mine that actually lives up in Montana. And he was like, Oh, did you know that this person went missing the same time? Nuh-uh. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. That was fucked up. See, it could be a serial killer that we're going to be covering soon. Potentially. I just think that it's it's very strange. Like, the last guy, uh, Mr. Tom, his disappearance felt very, I don't know, alien abduction type shit to me. Like, I just heard this loud weird electrical you know like this really weird noise and then fucking gone and then flirt i thought i saw a little guy with only two toes coming out <laughs> she said two toes <laughs> come only, out from the bushes two toes but then he picked up this thing and it, my memory has been wiped anything before that i don't know here come the men in black. Yep. <laughs> the galaxy defenders. All right. Uh, uh. So the last one actually took place in the Santa Fe National Forest. Audrey Kaplan was 75 years old when she went missing on uh, July 30th, 2014. She was found 8-4-2014, five days later. Um, she lived in Santa Fe and went camping with her husband, uh, she was an extremely fit woman for her age. So at the age of 75, she actually looked like she was in her early 60s. 
um, and was like spry as shit. One of those people. Oh, okay. One of those that I will not be. Uh, neither I. Highly unlikely. I already walk around like I'm 80. So uh, fair enough. We have that to look forward Ditto. to. Ditto. So the, <clears throat> the couple went out to have a weekend camping trip and hiking trip. It was the, the hottest month of the season. There was only a little bit of water and occasional thun- thunderstorms post her disappearance. So I don't have, like, for whatever reason, they separate. Five days later, her body's found um, at a makeshift camp that had completely been destroyed. She was found in the fetal position, completely nude in the creek with her, fa- like, her face in the water. What the shit nugget? So although there's no specific autopsy findings to say that hypothermia was a thing, there's no physical evidence, the circumstances around her death and the lack of fatal disease or any kind of comorbidities, like she didn't slip and fall, she didn't hit her head, um, to support the cold exposure during the the really low temperatures, mm, I don't know. They said it wasn't drowning, it wasn't drowning, dehydration, or trauma, that there were no injuries to her that contributed to her death. And her face wasn't, like, in in the water. It was, like, oh, near of. the water, like, the level line. It would have been, like, the like laying in a bathtub. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the water wasn't actually up and over her ocular cavities and, like, up over her mouth. So the second person that we're going to talk about that is included in our little Santa Fe forest mystery is a man named Melvin Nadell. He was 61 and went missing do you see the fucking, do you see a resemblance when everybody goes missing? What's the date? It's all in September. What the fuck is going on? I don't like September anymore. So, <clears throat> the last lady, Audrey, she went missing in July and she was found in August. But Aaron Hedges went out. But look, it's not just September. It's literally the same fucking days. It's over Labor Day weekend. So did Aaron. Aaron went out on the on the 3rd over like Labor Day weekend. He was in... Like said he and was missing until later. And this is why I stay home on Labor Day weekend. <clears throat> right? Labor... Fuck I off. I worked my ass off on Labor Day weekend this year. It's probably like something that the, like, George Washington set up. He's like, oh, fucking Labor Day's when the uh, aliens come down, smoke weed. They do their harvest. We do ours. Um, it's a little laborious for both of us. But we lose a, we lose a few American citizens. Eh. You know, they grant us good health and wishes. We gain a few, too. People have babies that day. It's fine. It's fine. Circle of life. So Melvin also went missing, but uh, over Labor Day weekend, it looks like. 9-6-2009. Mel had also gone into Elk Mountain, about two hours from his home in Santa Fe, to do some hunting. His wife, Edna, didn't expect Mel home that night, and he was planning on returning the following day. So he was not even supposed to be gone for an elongated amount of days. But enough that he was long. I'm not sure that's what I meant to say. Elongated. Eh. Elevated. Extra. I don't know. I don't know. But it was long enough that she knew he wasn't going to be home that night. So she didn't worry when Mm -mm. she didn't hear from him. Exactly. Mel arrived onto the mountaintop at about 4 p.m. When he got up there... Um, they had decided like where they were going to like be headed on the mountain that day. He did go up there with a couple of friends. New Mexico has an abundance of trophy quality elk, bear, lions, deer. I mean, if, if it bleeds and you can kill it and it looks pretty on a wall, that's where you're going to, that's where you're going to get it. Yep. They, 
So Mel met up with his two buddies. They made that little hunting plan I was kind of talking about for the night. Mel had suffered a knee injury earlier on just a few days um, to his disappearance after he tripped in a gopher hole while practicing, oh, like target practicing. We've all been there. Yeah. <clears throat> Mel, ha- maybe not everybody, but this motherfucker has. I has. Um, Mel had planned to stay relatively close to camp because of this, and the other two were going to go out like quite a ways. Um, they were taking a really intense hike through the wild uh, wilderness to do their scouting. Mel, on the other hand, went about 150 yards down the draw, and that's kind of where he was going to stay. His uh, companions, however, went the opposite direction to the mountain's peak. Well, when Mel didn't return, dun dun dun. Mm. Canines would later sniff out a makeshift blind that Mel had put into the trees. Now, Mel was not known to be like an avid hiker or a jogger. I feel so like this, your bud. Yeah, this was not like him, according to his wife. I mean, he was a bigger dude. He was heavier set. So for him to his pers- like pursue his prey across a really, really long distance in order to fill his tag, not going to fucking happen. Like, not even three miles worth is this guy going to fucking hike his heavy ass you know what I mean? And I'm same. the same way. <laughs> like, same Dude, word life. I have friends like fucking Heidi, Angel, and Jess right. that will take their skinny bony asses like 26 miles down the river to go hunt some shit up. I am while not that they look, person. Yeah, while they look super hot in their camo, they take a selfie and you're like, you know what? Fuck you. All three of you hoes can go yeah. down. I can spend 10 hours trying to get ready and put on some camo and I'll still look like dog trash. And you guys just roll out of bed, put your camo on and go fucking hunting. And you look amazing. Yes. Bitches. Fuck you, bitches. And they're my neighbors too. So they get to watch them walk their dogs. Just kidding. They get to see you naked in your window. Yeah, they do. So good for like them. I have the advantage here. <laughs> I feel like I'm got the upper hand. So this guy is not going to be the guy, like, if, you know, for those of you who don't hunt, a three-mile jaunt into the woods is literally child's play for Mm -hmm. most hunters. Um, A three-mile hike also into the woods is not like walking on flat ground that has been paved and sidewalked for you. Um, So for those of you who live in the city and don't go go out into the woods, even three miles, like, uphill in rocky terrain and shit, like, that's fucking hard. And those bitches go, like, four times that. Yeah. So they they sniff out a makeshift blind that was out in the trees, okay? Um, when the other hunters returned that evening and Mel's vehicle, a Jeep, was at the location, but no Mel, they went out, they kind of shouted, fired some shots into the sky, but they were unsuccessful in finding Mel. However, their commotion, wow, was interviewed. <laughs> surveillance. Do we have surveillance? Of the interview? Of the commotion. <laughs> the commotion. <laughs> Uh, They went out, they called, they fired some shots into the sky. They were unsuccessful at locating Mel. But their commotion did draw in another hunter who had a satellite phone and they were able to call out for search and rescue. Search and rescue responded with people on foot and the canine were able to find Mel's blind almost immediately. And that was that. Sorry, folks. Bump the end. That's fucking it. We found nothing. Dead trail. Now, this is all I can think. Like, if Mel fired off a shot... And had to go track down an elk, let's say for argument's sake, that he's actually going to go do it. And had to cover like six to ten miles in the process. His fucking scent would extend way beyond that blind. And those dogs, mm-hmm. if they could have found him, they would have. 
Um, the rescuers, they, I mean, they took the rescuers straight to that spot, but there were no, there, like, there it is. No tracks, no smell. Mel had also been carrying a bow as well as a firearm. Neither of those items were found. No clothing, no shoes, zero trace of Mel fucking exists. Just it was the two-toed aliens. Two-toed man. Just two. Two. So that's the that's the thing is like people just don't fucking go missing. You smell. You rot. You have remains. Like even Aaron Hedges had some bones. A couple years later. Yeah. You know something surfaced. Wait, something surfaced. There was something on the surface. It's on the surface. Well, the, uh, the New Mexico State Police headed the search and deployed two helicopters, dozens of ground searchers, and multiple team dogs. The formal search lasted six days with no results. Subsequent searchers in the following years, also nothing. Oh, my God. So there's been a couple of, like, follow-ups. Fucking nothing. Uh, a New Mexico... <laughs> a New Mexico native... New Mexico and native all in one. How did that come out? New Mexico. <laughs> New Mexico. <laughs> that was a good one. All right. So New Mexico native and local wilderness guide jokes about alien abduction, but he says <clears throat> that he had to have been taken from the area. He wasn't a hiker. There was no tracks. There was no scent. Like. Insert meme from the History Channel. Aliens. aliens. So they, they talked about no tracks, no scent, no, there was no clothing. There was nothing that would have pointed to Nadell. The, the thing is, it's very similar to Cap Kaplan. There was a point of separation, a time of disappearance. The canines can't direct you. But there wasn't a weather event. There was a weather event from Kaplan because it had hit some thunderstorms. Yeah. because Animals rained. couldn't track. But the last one that we have... And this is a, another hunter more recent, disappeared in 2017. He, di he disappeared in November on the 7th. Mm. Dude, it's all like right around the same day. Like September, October, November. And they're all like the 3rd through the 7th. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Somewhere this there's like a numbers person that does like numerology. So now you know when the aliens are coming out in New Mexico. <laughs> and from New well, York. Jesus Christ, from Montana to New Mexico, they're coming for all of us. Well, Jesus Christ, they just had like six UFO sightings over New Jersey and like thousands of motherfuckers saw it. Those were hairspray cans. You're a hairspray can. Well, yeah. What the fuck? Hairspray can. New Jersey. No. They have tall hair, so yeah. it was hairspray. Somebody threw their hairspray can, so we took a picture of it and said, UFO. UFO. It was so, a pissed off New Jersey woman tosses a hairspray. So Stanley Vahill went missing on November 7th, 2017, and he was found April 7th interesting on 2018 so he was found several months later he was 54 years old stanley vahil went out 10 miles from where mel had gone missing in a location known as buddy ass peak he had been in a vehicle with his father and another friend when they were road hunting i.e for an example an example road hunters are the turds that 
hunt from their vehicle and just like drive really slow through the mountains. And they're the ones that like pull over and wave you on by, and they're yeah. like, "But shh, yeah, but I'm be quiet a because wabbit." Wab <laughs> <laughs> so they were road hunting from a moving vehicle when they spotted a deer that run across the road. So that deer was likely spooked by another hunter that was actually hunting and ran across the road from this guy. Okay, this is why we don't like road hunters. Mm-mm. You're fucking scavenging somebody else's actual hunt. Yes. And you're a cunt. Asshole. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> as this deer goes across the road, what? Stanley pops out of the vehicle with his rifle to take a shot, but was an, uh, unable to, um, so he gave chase. There wasn't a secure, clean shot, so off he goes on foot, where this would be a point of separation from his group. As Stan starts his chase, a very heavy, unreal fog like this isn't something that normally happens in this region but from what i understand i don't know for real life heavy rain and fog came into the area very suddenly and it was said that stanley just sort of wandered off into the mist so aliens aliens stan was also very close to where mel had been and Stanley had a GPS that was located in his Jeep after a fact. It isn't really odd that Mel didn't have a device with him because Mel told him, his friends himself, that he was only going like 150 yards off the trail. Right. But if you're going to own equipment like that, consider it your insurance pos- policy and carry it, like carry that fucker at all times anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you go into the wildebeestliness, GPS. Well, at this point, as you can guess, this turned into a seven day search that yields nothing for Stanley the Heel. Professional trackers couldn't find any tracks on the ground. Canines couldn't find his scent. Helicopters could not find him from the sky. An off-duty NMS police uh, policer officer. Do you see how I wrote that? Policer officer. Policer. Policer. Uh, New Mexico State police officer and his son were fishing on the Pecos River five months after the disappearance when they find a body. <gasps> The body was not immediately identified, but it was later found that he did have some skull injuries and two broken ribs. The presumption was that he had drowned. His time of disappearance, point of separation, canines couldn't track him either. He was found nine miles from his point of separation. All three of these disappearances are in what they call a cluster zone, which is an area of reoccurring phenomena. The last disappearance was not that long ago, and it's only a matter of time before the natives say it will happen again. All three people were healthy, experienced, and should not have gone missing. If you're going out into the wildebeestliness to sightsee camp, hike, or hunt, please do the following to help you stay out of chalk lines. Tell people where you are going and where you're going to be home. Make sure that it is a trusted somebody that you know will call for help if you don't come home. And if they can't get up, like if somebody can't get up with you, make sure that you drop a location pin from a personal cell phone or a GPS unit. Pack lots of water, a trash bag, knife, fire starter kit, etc. Um, there are lists of like comprehensive lists that you can get without packing the entire house. There is one at Mont, it's called Montemlife.com. It's M-O-N-T-E-M-L-I-F-E.com. It's how to make a survival kit. Always check your weather and for the love of God, check the fucking weather right before you leave. Don't check it seven days ago. No, check it right now. Check it right now. now. If you are the owner of a firearm, take it with you with extra ammo. Remember the three shot rule. One, two, three is an SOS up into the air. Um, I have something to finish this off with for once. Okie dokie. Do not go into the wilderness on the 7th. And stay Stay out of chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Goodbye.